Snipers, you have to see what's happening to the Bitcoin price this Friday heading into the weekend. There you go. Notice how on the monthly we actually have to pull up a Bitstamp chart because there's not enough price history on the Binance chart to even see this. But we are seeing a MACD monthly crossover and we are flipping red. And so this is a big puzzle piece because we've seen this happen a couple times in the past. First time was in July 1st. Uh, this was actually probably the most similar uh, to, you know, the type of crossover that we're seeing now where we saw a, a, a bullish run up, uh, very, very, very exuberant run up uh, before seeing the crossover. Uh, and, and so that was very similar to what happened here um, in the 2017-18 bull run. And then we saw that crossover. Question is, what was going on to Bitcoin's price around June 2018 when we did see that? Uh, and there were a couple other crossovers that happened here, uh, but this was a little bit less, uh, you know, as as correlated and similar to the type of crossover we're seeing now after an exuberant run up. This was actually uh, throughout sort of the bear market, I guess you can call it. We saw a couple crossovers as we were consolidating. But I think what we want to pay attention to is what happened here uh, when we saw this crossover around July of 2018, Bitcoin on the monthly candle had a high of $7,790 and a low of $5,700. And throughout the next four months, Bitcoin stayed below the $9,000 level, but stayed above $5,000 US dollars. So it was in a very tight range after seeing this crossover. So why is that important? Well, I think that that's a little bit of some good news because you can see this is really where that crossover occurred. And the price just kind of consolidated for a couple months. It didn't see too much price action. Uh, so it's not like when this crossover occurs, uh, it's, you know, it's 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 indicative of a massive breakdown. Uh, it's more so a lagging indicator on this MACD on the monthly that states that we're probably going to slow down and move sideways for some time. Um, and so if we were to just look at where this range could pretty much take us over the next few months. If we were to just assume that we're going to start to see similar price action to what happened in July of 2018. What we could assume then is that Bitcoin is probably not going to move back above this midpoint of this channel around 53,000 towards the 20 week moving average. Um, but there is a potential we could see price action towards this area as we move sideways, because as we mentioned before, when Bitcoin first saw that MACD crossover, it was still playing inside a large range. It was just moving sideways for the most part. Um, and at this point, I still think 33,000 is going to be a major level for Bitcoin uh, right now in the immediate short term, because um, it's obvious right now that 38,000 isn't holding right. Something that we're seeing happen right now as well is Ethereum and Bitcoin chart uh, sort of selling off right now towards this 200 day moving average. But notice the correlation we have here with the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart and the S&P 500. I think these are very, very correlated charts uh, because they're both still above uh, their 50 week moving average right now, unlike Bitcoin, of course. And so we can't really look at Bitcoin as too correlated to the S&P 500 compared to the theme of the Bitcoin chart where the theme of the Bitcoin chart, just like the S&P 500, 
is above its 50-week moving average. And the S&P 500, obviously, today coming to close the week, testing levels below the 200-day moving average looks like a pretty strong breakdown candle. And this right here is certainly concerning. And that's obviously why we're seeing continued sell-off in the crypto market. So what we're seeing right now happen in the S&P 500, I think we have to kind of look at the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart as well. Because there's so much correlation, you can see Ethereum to Bitcoin also testing below its 200-day moving average, very similar to the S&P 500. I think they're very correlated. And why is this important? Well, the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart maintaining itself in a bullish macro trend is sort of important right now because if it stays above its 200-day moving average, then that could assume that there's still a lot of room left for altcoins to perform against Bitcoin. But if we start to see this break down from this 200-day moving average, we're already breaking major market structural support. That could actually flip us into a bearish market for several months to a year uh, because what that would assume is that the altcoins outside of Ethereum will also start to break down from this ascending triangle. And that would pretty much be the market hedging back into Bitcoin as a storage of value against potential expected downside in the overall market. And that happens, uh, you know, when we see fear and what happens with Bitcoin dominance is it tends to move up. Now, here's something very interesting. We know Bitcoin dominance has been very correlated to the DXY in the past. But as of recently, we haven't seen the Bitcoin dominance chart move up. Now, one way that this Bitcoin dominance chart can move up is if we see a massive slowdown in the cryptocurrency market where the total market cap isn't continuing into price discovery. And so we continue to see altcoins move back into Bitcoin to hedge against further downside, right? Because Bitcoin has a larger market cap, so it's going to potentially see less downside. Uh, and by the way, what are your guys' targets for Bitcoin right now? I see we have a ton of people on our live stream. Kirby, Don, Crypto Vile, Moja, Taba, Boz. If you guys want any altcoins to look at, just post them in the live chat. But what are your guys' targets for Bitcoin right now? Uh, let's go ahead and see what the audience is looking at uh, right now for Bitcoin. I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking 36.5 uh, is going to hold here. Uh, it's a major level on our chart. Uh, and so I think 36.5 right now, we really want to monitor these small time frames. Oh, look at that beautiful five minute volume. Wow. Look at that. Very nice institutional type of volume to go against the sell volume that just came in at 36.5. Look at that beautiful wick below 36.5 very nice volume matter of fact on a five minute chart this is the most amount of sell vo or buy volume that we've seen since we broke down from 41.95 look at that beautiful that could be the bottom right there we could potentially have a bottom here at 36.5 that could be it for the sell-off and i'll tell you what we look at the ethereum to us dollar price testing major market structural support Notice how we have one touch point here when Ethereum was at 700 US dollars. We tested 1760. It was a second point of contact there. I'll remove a lot of these lines so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And now we have a third point of contact. We did breach below it, but a lot of times what happens is when you come here, they pretty much fool the traders. Trick, trap, and frustrate crew comes in. They bring it below the support, and then they bring it right back above, and they consolidate the price around the support level. So we could potentially have a bottom right now, with that five minute volume for Bitcoin, that's what we want to look for. Do we have it here for Ethereum? Yes, we do. We've got some very nice five minute volume here. 
that could have potentially been the bottom. And I say that because S&P 500 closing into the weekend, already testing below the 200-day moving average. Ethereum and Bitcoin chart has already come below this 200-day moving average. We already sent signal out for Ethereum. I was going to send a signal out here for purchasing because this is actually a very nice five-minute candle on the Bitcoin USDT volume. And so we certainly could potentially have a bottom here at 36.5. Matter of fact, I will go as far as to say on this live stream, I don't believe we're going to get below 36.5 during this weekend. I have a feeling that we could potentially see this bottom out here. This is the most amount of volume that we've seen since the start of this breakdown from 41.9. Uh, matter of fact, it took all of this sell pressure. It took. We also saw the most amount of sell pressure, institutional sell pressure uh, that we've seen since the start of this, this drop right now, and it triggered the most amount of buy volume. So the most amount of sell pressure. So an institution sold a ton of Bitcoin and another institution said, well, thank you. Bam, I just bought that Bitcoin up. And so that typically is what a bottom looks like. That's exactly how we bottomed out on the hourly chart. When we came below 40,000, we saw institutions step in, bought that dip, and it kept Bitcoin above 40,000 for enough time until we saw the fake out back to the downside, right? So you don't have hourly volume yet. We don't have four-hour volume. Most importantly, we don't have institutional six-hour volume. Uh, but notice how six-hour volume descending sell pressure. So we're seeing less and less institutions sell here. Uh, and it looks like on the micro time frames, we potentially have uh, a bottom here. So uh, that would be a, a, quite a nice long position, I think, uh, as a day trade here. Um, and, and so is 36.5 the bottom? Uh, probably uh, too early to say that. Uh, but in the short term, I certainly think right now we do have a potential bottom here with this amount of volume coming in on the five minute chart. Um, even on the three minute chart, look at how much buyers that triggered just now. Wow, look at that very nice buy volume. So, uh, so so the question is, what are the most important things to monitor right now? Well, first and foremost, we have to realize that with the MACD crossing over the way it is on a monthly chart, it makes us assume that we're potentially going to be moving sideways and slowing down here with Bitcoin. Uh, I still believe 33,000 is the max amount of downside we can see in the immediate short term. Uh, and I still believe there's a high potential that throughout this weekend, we could move sideways and potentially come back to test 41,950 for us to see a little bit of a slowdown in this drop, right? Especially with that five minute volume that we just saw. That's a very positive thing. And we have to ask ourselves if the traditional markets are very correlated to the cryptocurrency markets. But more importantly, it looks like the S&P 500 is correlating more to the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart. Could we assume that with the S&P 500 daily candle here closing um, with the futures markets in eight minutes, we've already seen the max amount of downside we're going to see until market opens on Monday for the S&P 500. We could assume that right now. And so what did that cause the S&P 500 to do? Come below the 200 day moving average, traditional markets close. That's it. Now, cryptocurrency market continues on. And guess what? The chart that's correlated to the S&P 500 in the crypto market, the most correlated chart, the three minute Bitcoin chart already copied the S&P 500 coming below 200 day moving average. So question is, if the S&P 500 isn't going to be able to go further down on Saturday and Sunday because the markets aren't open, why would the crypto market continue further down if it doesn't need to? Right. And so that's why I think that 
uh, we are either at a bottom here or we're close to a bottom coming into the weekend, I certainly believe there's a chance we could start to see some green in the market. Um, because why would we continue to sell off and decorrelate away from the S&P 500 if we're just so correlated to the S&P 500, right? And Ethereum being correlated to the S&P 500 more than Bitcoin makes sense uh, because that also assumes that we're seeing correlation in Web3 against just a storage of value or something compared to gold like Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum being the Web3 asset, the metaverse asset, right? Uh, of course, you've got all of the other layer one protocols, but it would make sense for because you got to think about it. If we think about gold in traditional markets, it's not the largest market. The S&P 500 is way larger than gold, right? So if Bitcoin is the digital version of gold, then it shouldn't be the largest market. And this is something a good friend of mine, Ian Bolina, the founder of Token Metrics, always used to talk to me about. He used to always say gold is not the biggest traditional market. Gold is actually a lot smaller than traditional markets in the S&P 500. And so Ethereum theoretically should be bigger than Bitcoin at some point or another, right? Or some layer one protocol or a group of layer one protocols, right? Because the S&P 500 isn't meant to be a storage of value, right? These are real companies with income, revenue, profits, losses. Same thing with Ethereum. It has a deflationary tokenomic system. The more that's being used, the higher the trends, you know, there's actual economics involved here. It's, it's not just uh, stationary supply, right? So Ethereum theoretically should be bigger than Bitcoin. Uh, if Bitcoin is just supposed to be a digital version of gold, okay, great. Gold, not the biggest traditional market. It's a large market, not the biggest though. The biggest traditional markets are the S&P 500, right? That, that index is the largest market. So makes sense that Ethereum is more correlated right now to the S&P 500 than Bitcoin is correlated to the S&P 500. I doubt to say that Bitcoin is so correlated to the S&P 500 when it's so far below its 200-day moving average, it's already broken down from its 50-week moving average. That's just not what the S&P 500 is doing. The S&P 500 is doing something a lot different. It's staying above its 50-week moving average so far. And what, what's also doing that? Well, Ethereum to Bitcoin chart. Now, we could argue the bearish side and say that the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart is a lot further away from its 50 week moving average than where the S&P 500 is. So does that assume that we could see further sell off on the Ethereum to Bitcoin pairing, which could actually bring the Ethereum to US dollar pairing further down? That's also, I guess, a bearish opinion on the table. Uh, but what I would argue is that the uh, Ethereum to Bitcoin chart, uh, if we look at the more short term, immediate short term, uh, moving averages like the 200 day moving average, uh, it's 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 quite closely correlated to what's happening to the S&P 500 right now. So I think that before there's more clarity with where traditional markets want to go, whether the 200 wants to hold or not, I think that there's certainly a high chance we hold the 200 for the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart. And we really want to hold this 200 day moving average for the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart because that assumes that we could see continuation for the total market cap to move further up if there's other projects outperforming against Bitcoin. That's never a bad thing, right? As a matter of fact, sometimes it's good. Like I said, if we want this market to mature as a normal market should, well, in a normal market, gold is not the biggest asset. So at some point or another, something has to take that number one spot. Uh, you know, if we really want to see this market mature. And I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts in the live chat. Tim Kane says, looking at other people's TA is a smart way to gauge sentiment. 
Jacob says, never seen you this pumped in a while, Naeem. MDHC says, five minutes later, 32K. Uh, I don't think 32,000 has come on the table here for Bitcoin. Uh, like I said, uh, I know what I'm doing here. I've been in this market for a very long time, uh, and it's clearly showing us right now that we've got five-minute volume that is extremely bullish, uh, and we hit a major level on our chart, which is 36,500. Uh, we certainly could have had bottomed out just now. I think that that's certainly on the table. And Sonny says, you're way off, kid. There's a death cross on the three-day. That's very serious, but you're still got a lot to learn. Yeah, well, what happened the last time we had a death cross on the daily chart? Uh, Bitcoin ended up bottoming out and then forming new all-time highs. So the fact that we have a death cross right now, you're obviously new to learning charts because death crosses are lagging indicators. So you might be lagging a little bit in the brain there, Tim Kane. Or was that Tim that said that? It was somebody else. It was Sonny, sorry. He's the one that has the lagging brain. Nice Teal says, do you see this as the first of several responses to Fed rate hikes? If so, that would make this entire year pretty rough. Um, I would say that based on what's happening to other commodities like U.S. oil breaking into new yearly highs, that what's happening with the Feds is, is still very uh, undecided and unpriced in the market. I, I think that obviously markets are forward looking. And so the pricing in currently right now, what's uh, expected to happen with these rate hikes, right? So the S&P 500 right now coming down to the 200-day moving average is sort of forward-looking and saying, okay, with inflation, with these rate hikes, this is what we're expecting, you know, the intrinsic value to be right now. And so markets are always forward-looking. So when there's news that we already know is coming, at that point, the markets have already reacted to it, right? And so let's see what else we've got here. Zach says, Abe, we all saw your okay opinion. So what are your guys' targets here? Dope says 31,000. Dorian says 30,000. PR Gratitude says 25,000. Tracy says 33,000. So what I've noticed is nobody has targets below 25,000. I think that that's very, very smart uh, as an investor to, 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 to say that Bitcoin will come down to 25,000. Um, I think that that would be a little bit of uh, an, an, an over estimate when it comes to downside potential because remember what we talked about on this monthly chart if we look at the moving average convergence divergence right everyone's talking about this macd right now we have to pull up the bitstamp chart once again because there's not enough price history on these other charts to even see this but what happened here when the macd the moving moving average convergence divergence crossed over on the monthly in june bitcoin let's look at price action in june pretty much went sideways, right? And so we could expect something very similar. So let's just pull up June. So July, June, July. So June, July of 2018, let's go ahead, it's back here. So June, July of 2018, we had already seen Bitcoin top out at 20,000, see a ton of downside. This is May and this is June. We came down to 6,000 and what happened? We went aside, aside, side, side, side. We tightened up. And look, look what happened after that MACD had that crossover. It was pretty much what you see right here. This channel is what formed here. This is when we saw that MACD crossover. The same thing that we're seeing right now. This is what happened in June of 2018. And Bitcoin literally just went to the side. 
Uh, and does this make sense based on on-chain metrics? For those that have been tuned into Cyber Channel, you know we've been seeing a ton of Bitcoin and Ethereum leaving exchanges, a ton of outflow. We've been seeing uh, a lot of uh, USDT coming onto exchanges, right? Uh, and so with, uh, and we're also seeing that long-term holders are accumulating at these lower prices. Um, and so what that tells me is that if we're seeing Bitcoin come off the exchanges, that there's so much less Bitcoin to be sold on exchanges that we're not going to necessarily see so much volatility in price to the downside, or it's almost impossible to see much more volatility to the downside if nobody's selling. And so what could happen? What could happen? Well, we could go sideways and, and, and just tighten up. And guess what this does, by the way, because I was in the market making videos every single day when this happened, right? We actually started making videos on Bitcoin back in June of 2017 when we were at 3000 US dollars. And we, we, we literally have, have made a video every single day since then. Uh, and so we, we went through this all together. Do you guys remember snipers? I'd love to know who was watching our channel in 2017. Say something in the chat. That would actually mean a lot to see who is still tuned into our channel since 2017. Do you guys remember what happened? And this is important. This channel that I'm showing you what happened here from May into June is when we saw the MACD on the monthly crossover exactly how we're seeing it right now. And all we saw was Bitcoin move to the side. Now, what did that do? It made the market extremely boring. And why does that actually matter? Why is that important? Well, it's important because when do institutions like to accumulate assets when they are at oversold levels, when they are at discounted prices, the smartest money comes in when they see an opportunity of discounted prices. Right. And so uh, we could assume that what we're seeing right now, this drop is sort of similar to what happened in May when we were around the, you know, we can say that we were flirting with 10,000 US dollars. We came back above it. We went to 12,000, came back down to 7,000. We came back to test 10,000. So everyone, it almost like how 40 K is the barrier right now. It was almost like what 10 K was back then. And then eventually we saw the MACD cross over and it was when we really broke down from 10,000 and everyone's like, Oh damn, like we're in a bear market now. Like, this sucks. Like Bitcoin is now back below 10,000. And what happened? People stopped talking about it. For those that were tuned into our channel, let's see. Ellie Yabra, he was with us back then. Marcel says he was here. Nomadic Digital was here. Marcel, let's see. Wolfenbeard, Don, Jacob. Wow. You guys, Jameson's Patreon since 2017. God bless you. So a lot of you guys were watching the channel. Stacy Land. Dorian, thank you so much. Patreon since 2017. So a lot of you were there. So what happened, right? People stopped talking about Bitcoin. People stopped talking about the cryptocurrency market when we saw that that crossover, that MACD crossover, and then Bitcoin broke below 10,000 and then it never came back above 10,000 for quite some time. And here's what happens. So this is when things start to gain momentum. So people stop talking about the asset. We see such a tight consolidation in price. Nobody's selling the asset, but no, nobody's really even buying the asset because it's just going to the side, right? So, you know, I'd love to hear you guys' opinion on this, but if Bitcoin were to just stay below 40,000, right? And stay above 25,000, right? Most of you don't think Bitcoin can get below 25,000 based on the question we asked. 
So let's really look into the future here, right? Markets are forward looking, so let's look into the future. So if Bitcoin were to just kind of move to 35,000 and go to 30,000 and go to 39,000, then maybe come down to 32,000 and then hit 28,000, but then come back to 34,000, like at some point or another, you're gonna be like, my gosh, like, can I go to the gym? Like, I'm so bored, right? Or am I wrong, right? I mean, obviously if it goes down to 20,000, like that's gonna, it's not gonna make you bored. It's gonna sort of release dopamine because you're like, okay, is this actually a good opportunity? Previous all time high, this is actually the time to get it, right? Well, guess when that actually happens? When does the dopamine get released? When people least expect it. That's what happened in 2018, November. By the way, I was out in Arizona talking about Bitcoin and how much of a bullish asset this is and how necessary it is for the third world countries back then. Uh, now we call them developing countries and, and how important Bitcoin was to go on my Instagram. I, I was I was talking about Bitcoin in November when it bottomed out at 3000. So what happens here? Well, guess what? So here's why this matters. So why? Why is it important for people to stop talking about the asset, right? Well, if the institutions want to get the best possible price for an asset that they're looking to acquire, which we know and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we know institutions and companies are looking to acquire Bitcoin, right? I mean, that's that's clear, but they want the right price, right? And, and individual and retail investors as well, but they want the right price. How do they get that right price? They have to make the asset boring. Why? Because now there's less people looking to buy the dip. And when there's less people looking to buy the dip, there's less volume. And now, as you can see here, with the six hour volume for Bitcoin, if we were to look at today's price action and we were to look at the six hour volume right now for Bitcoin, the institutional time frame, we're seeing less and less institutions willing to sell their Bitcoin. We have descending sell pressure. Even right now, when Bitcoin broke down from 41,950 so far down below 37,000, it's actually happening with less sell pressure. Why? There's less institutions willing to give up their Bitcoin, which we know based on on-chain metrics, there's an outflow from exchanges. So they're less willing to sell Bitcoin at these lower prices, but they have to sell the Bitcoin because what are they trying to do? They're trying to make the market boring again. Why? Because at some point or another, they move the market sideways as they did here in 2018, where we also saw the monthly MACD crossover, right? It happened in June of 2018, right here, the start of this boring sideways channel, which how long did this last, by the way? So from June, this was about 156 days, half a year. So they waited half a year and they just let the price move to the side, right? And, and, and same thing that we saw back, uh, or what's happening right now, let's actually look at the six hour volume back then. Was it the same thing? Was it descending sell pressure on the six hour institutional time frame? Guess what? By the time Bitcoin broke below the $10,000 level, that was when we saw the peak amount of sell pressure, right? It was the break from 10,000 below 10,000. And then since then we didn't see 156 days. And then now what the institutions have the ability to do with a small amount of volume, they all they look, they wait for the volume to clear away. They wait for the asset to become boring. What does Char, uh, Charles Munger always say? Buy the asset when nobody's talking about it, right? So so they wait for the asset to become boring. And then guess what? They have their little bit of 
volume left that they've been holding on to. They've been they've been cradling this volume that that they they haven't been willing to use it. They don't want to they don't want to just crash the price on their own asset, right? So they hold this volume and they hold it as close as they possibly can. And at the right moment when nobody's talking about the asset, they start selling to drop the price. And guess what? Nobody buys the dip because they forgot about it. They're at the gym. They're starting a new job. They're doing this. They're doing that. They forgot. It's been 150 days. Bitcoin hasn't moved. And guess what happens? They start reaccumulating their positions. What happened here? 2008, end of 2018 into 2019. They reaccumulate their positions. This is called smart money. They get back in and then they let retail choose. When do they want to come back? And when retail comes back, price skyrockets and they just keep doing this over and over and over and over and over again, right? So why do they have to wait for retail to drop the price? Well, because if they just drop the price right now while everyone's looking to buy the dip, guess what? They're not going to be able to drop it to the discount they want. How are they going to get the best possible price? Well, they need to wait for the time where there's the least amount of potential volume, right? Because if the price just goes down and then volume comes in, it comes right back up. But if the price starts going down, no volumes coming in, they can bring it down and down and down and down. Does that make sense? I hope it did. And we'll take a look at a couple altcoins in just a sec. But there's something I really want to talk about here. And that's the total market cap. Let's see. Did that help some of you guys tuned into the stream? Alex says, this is too true. I promised myself I'd learn from my apathy after the 2017 bull market died off and never lost focus again new says 100% fitness says love you Naeem. next target 31 to 28,000 I think that that's uh, on the table in the in, in maybe uh, you know a little bit of a, a longer term um, I think for now 36.5 could certainly be a potential bottom why why would 36.5 be a good place to kind of stop this well number one the theory Bitcoin chart already finished its correlated price action to the S&P 500 and markets are closing into the weekends for the immediate short term. It looks like we've got what we needed for the correlation of the S&P 500 in the crypto market. Seeing this dump, we already got it. It doesn't look like we need more lower prices right now to stay correlated to the S&P 500. But I like 36.5 because it's the midpoint of this range. You got 38,000 to 34,788 with a max downside potential of 33,000 if we see a wick, right? And so I truly believe this right here is going to be where the trick trap and frustrate crew are going to want to lock price in. Um, if we get above 38,000 again, I think that that could actually be an even more bullish catalyst. But for now, because we're coming down, we have to assume 36.5 is probably the best average price right now to long Bitcoin or start getting into altcoins right now. Uh, I, I think that it's a fair place because it's in the midpoint of this range, 38,000 to 34,788. So if we don't come to 34,788, then at least we know 36,5 was there and that's the midpoint, right? So uh, the problem is if we get below 34,788, it opens up the range to 26,000. But as we saw what happened last time, we didn't come to test this area. And why would they want to come and test this area again? in the immediate short term after we've just finally broke down b below 41.95. Um, I think that if we're going to assume further downside targets, we're going to have to wait some time. Remember, the lower we go, the more likely it is that we move to the side and things slow down, right? It's it, it, I know a lot of you guys want that big capitulation, but it's going to take that 156 days to get that. They're not just going to capit 
recapitulate the price right now. Everyone's going to come and buy it and they're not going to get the prices they want, right? So they're going to wait. They're going to move it to the side. The more the institutions start to bring price down with low volume, the way we're seeing right now, look, less and less volume. That means they're less willing to sell their Bitcoin at these prices right now. They are way less willing to sell their Bitcoin. And why would they want to continue to bring the price down? No, they're trying to get people out of the mindset of buying the dip. They're trying to get people to forget about the dip, forget about crypto, forget about Bitcoin so we can get our positions, right? That's what smart money does. And so I think 36.5 could certainly be the place that we bottom out here. Um, and let's see. Sunny says, I've been with you since then. I'm an OG, bro. I love your technical analysis. Don't misunderstand me. I just think we got a lot more downside. I'm not misunderstanding you, Sunny. I was messing around with you, brother. Don't worry. I, I didn't mean to uh, put you on blast, but I'm going to I'm going to go hard on the chat when we're live. You know how it is. <laughs> Rafat says, I was here since 2017. You were the first crypto YouTube channel I followed. and I'm hooked ever since. Plus, I'm a paid member. Thanks. Name. Thank you, Mr. Islam. Appreciate your support. And Abdul Salam says, can you talk about traditional markets and correlation with Bitcoin? Well, here's the thing, as my good friend Ian Belita likes to say, if Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency market is to mature into a market like other global markets, like let's say the S&P 500 and, and the traditional markets in the US, then what has to happen is Bitcoin has to stop being the largest market cap player in the crypto market. Why? Because what is Bitcoin? It's a comparison to gold, right? It's the digital version of gold and gold is not the largest traditional market. I think gold is between 10 to 20 trillion in total market cap, while the S&P 500 is 50 to 70 trillion in total market cap, right? So we can assume that something has to grow bigger than Bitcoin. And guess what? We're not seeing a correlation as much as people say that crypto is so correlated Tradmar or uh, uh, traditional finance uh, TradFi. Uh, we're actually seeing the real correlation here is what, what's sitting at its 200 day moving average right now. The S&P 500. What else is also sitting at its 200 day moving average right now? The Ethereum to Bitcoin chart, Ethereum's value against Bitcoin. So that's the correlation there. It's not Bitcoin that's sitting way below its 200 day moving average. That's not the correlation, right? So that assumes that Ethereum right now, Ethereum has the best opportunity to surpass Bitcoin and market cap over the macro, right? And that should happen if we're actually seeing this market mature as uh, how a market should mature because the gold, the storage of value never needs to be the largest asset, right? There has to be something more exciting than that for a market to mature properly. And so with Ethereum and Web3, of course, we can talk about Solana, Cosmos. We are all about the layer ones. We can dance around all we want. The point is Ethereum, the most decentralized. That's what we're going to talk about, right? I was on a call with Charles Hoskinson yesterday as they launched Sunday Swap, and he was talking about Ethereum and he likes Ethereum, he doesn't bash Ethereum, but he's also talking about how he wants to build Cardano, right? So these layer one protocols, it could be a group of them. It doesn't have to be one of them, right? There's different use cases here. But when it comes to traditional markets and the correlation to the crypto market, the most correlated chart right now is going to be the Ethereum against Bitcoin chart and the traditional markets. And why do they do that, by the way? Why do they pick such a random chart like the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart? Because nobody understands what the hell the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart matters for, right? I guarantee you 90% of you watching this video are like, I don't understand. What is this Ethereum to Bitcoin chart? What, what? And it's been like that since 2017, right? You guys remember. What do I used to always say? 
when we're looking at altcoins, look at the value against Bitcoin. It was the number one thing I would drill because I knew it was the most confusing part of this market. And so why wouldn't they use the most confusing part of this market to, you know, create that correlation? Uh, but why is it important? Let me simplify for you. Why is it important that Ethereum to Bitcoin chart right now is correlated to S&P 500? Well, guess what? If we're expecting the S&P 500 to bottom out at the 200 day moving average where it's currently sitting, then we should also expect Ethereum and the value of Ethereum against Bitcoin to bottom out at this 200 day moving average. Why is that important? Because the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart leads the bullishness in this market. It leads the other altcoins. It leads the confidence in investors to say, okay, I understand Bitcoin's a great concept. I understand it's a storage of value. I understand it's a digital value of gold, but I'm more excited about Web3. I'm more excited about the metaverse. I'm more excited about decentralized finance. I'm more excited about GameFi. And you know what? Not only am I more excited about it, I believe we are in the right market environment and conditions to be investing in these assets as they are undervalued. What gives the investor that type of confidence? Seeing S&P 500 do well, right? And they see the S&P 500 do well. They're like, you know what? The S&P 500 is continuing further up. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not the crypto market. Uh, I, I feel like I want to invest in Ethereum instead, right? And so that, that confidence, but let's say the S&P 500 starts to fall. Now they're like, okay, like even the S&P 500 that includes Apple and Microsoft is falling. I, like, I under, like, matter of fact, I, I don't even want my money in Ethereum. I want my money in Bitcoin. And, and so guess what that does? It increases Bitcoin dominance. And so if Bitcoin dominance increases, that's an indication of fear. Now, this is a perfect segue to talk about something very interesting that's happening right now. So why is Bitcoin dominance decoupling away from the strength of the US dollar, because traditionally what we saw in 2018 and 2017, what we saw was after Bitcoin ran up to 20,000, everyone became fearful in the altcoin markets, even in Ethereum, right? What happened to Ethereum? It hit 1400 and then it bottomed out at $80, right? Imagine buying it for $1,400 and now you only have 80 bucks in your account. So why did that happen in 2017, 18? Nobody was confident about the altcoin markets the way they are today the biggest difference between the 2018 rally and this rally is bitcoin dominance decided to decouple away from the overall sentiment in the markets where typically when the dollar strengthens and it shows that people are hedging away from risk on assets to risk off the same thing happens in the crypto market that didn't happen this cycle around so far and that's where this segue becomes more interesting so if the Bitcoin dominance chart, let's say, were to go in a state of panic and fear, what would happen to Bitcoin dominance? Well, Bitcoin dominance will go to homeostasis, which is this 200 week moving average. Now, guess what's very interesting? The DXY right now is sitting and finding support at the 200 week moving average. It's already reached homeostasis. Why is that important? That makes me assume that the DXY has potentially already seen the majority of the upside that it's looking to see in the immediate short term and even in the immediate medium term. I don't think the DXY needs to go further up right now, especially with the amount of uncertainty with Joe Biden and we can go on and on, right? The interest rates, the inflation, I mean, so much uncertainty, there's no reason right now 
for the DXY to move further up. Why is that important? Well, if the dollar has already run up as far as it should in the immediate short term, it gives the opportunity for assets like the S&P 500 and traditional markets to continue to see upside over the immediate medium and short term. So this is a very critical point that we're at right now with the S&P 500 closing this candle right now. Futures have already closed right now. A extremely bearish daily candle, by the way. You know how bearish this daily candle is right now? The S&P 500 just closed and we're going to have to wait two days, by the way, and eat popcorn for the next two days to find out what this is going to open like on Monday. Guess what also was this bearish recently? The Bitcoin daily candle that freefalled us away from 41,950. And I did that live stream before we even dropped below 40,000 saying we're going to come right down below 40,000 to 38, 34, 78. How did I know that? Well, we had a ugly daily candle closing, right? It's called the bearish tail testing a major resistance testing the previous weekly open with a body pointing down, right? So guess what also just did that? S&P 500 just closed like that. Uh, matter of fact, I would consider this an even uh, more bearish candle because it's a body that's assuming a bearish continuation, right? So we have to look at the next potential target, which is the 50 week moving average. But guess what? It's not too far away from current price action. So could we assume that with a less than a percent gap here to so the 50 week moving average, this is where we're going to bottom out here uh, for the S&P 500. That could be the case. Now, why is that a little bit concerning to the theory to Bitcoin chart? It's because the theory to Bitcoin chart being the most correlated to the S&P 500 right now, it's actually quite far away from its 50 week moving average. So that assumes that we could potentially see I, I I'm going to throw this out there. This might go against a lot of people's opinions, but we could potentially see Ethereum sell off against Bitcoin in the short term as people become a little bit fearful, not, you know, crazy amounts of fear, but we could potentially see it coming to a 50 week moving average. But so far on the macro or the micro timeframes, like the 200 day, the, the daily chart, uh, it's following what the S&P 500 is doing. So this is going to be the I'm going to wrap up this live stream, by the way. Remember to smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm. I don't want to go more than 30 minutes, especially on this live stream. Um, and I'll take a couple questions before we wrap up. But there are a couple points I want you guys to leave home with into the weekend. Number one, the Ethereum to Bitcoin chart has already pretty much coincided and correlated to what the S&P 500 is closing the week doing, which means that this could be an area where we slow down from downside until Monday and we see what happens on Monday. Right. But the other important thing to watch is going to be this Ethereum to Bitcoin chart. We need to stay at this 200 day moving average. It's almost as if if the S&P 500 slips away and free falls away from the 200 day moving average, that's a pretty big deal. Wouldn't you guys agree? And if that's a big deal, I'm telling you right now, it's also a big deal if this Ethereum to Bitcoin chart does the same thing and flips and free falls away from its 200 day moving average. So number one, most important thing to watch if that happens, Bitcoin dominance. Now we have to talk about a reversal. That's why that's important, right? But so far, let's just stick to the macro market structure and say that Ethereum to Bitcoin is potentially bottomed out. S&P 500 being so correlated, potentially bottomed out. And at some point we're going to see a reversal. And that's also going to lead altcoins outside of Ethereum to continue further up. That's still our macro thesis. It's the macro market structure we're following. We can stick with that. Now, has Bitcoin seen the most amount of downside in the immediate short term? And I'll wrap up the video with this. I will say that based on this five minute chart and what we saw when we started this live stream, 
we potentially could have bottomed out here at 36.5. Uh, if this was just random volume that came in between 38 and 36.5, maybe I wouldn't say that. But the fact that it hit one of my red lines on our chart, which has been here for years, not years, but months and months and months. But obviously, it's, it's been here since we first opened up the door to the 30,000s and 40,000s and 50,000s. We've been monitoring these major levels. The fact that we did see some nice five minute volume, I believe we could have bottomed out here at 36.5. Traditional markets have closed. I don't see a reason for the cryptocurrency market to see continuation to the downside when I'm more bullish on the crypto market than I am with TradFi. So I think that we could have potentially have seen the bottom here. Now, what would be important into this weekend is if we get above 38,000, that's going to be a major win. Uh, so right now, to end the video, as I always like to say here on the Cypress channel, the range that we're playing in is 38,000 to 36,500. Um, we come below 36.5 or we start to show weakness below this candle low where we got some institutional volume at 36,158. Then now the next range support is 34,788. But I believe that's off the table for now based on the five minute volume. I think. Uh, coming into this weekend, the range that you guys want to trade and the one we're going to be monitoring is 36.5 as a major support and 38,000 as a major resistance. If we break above 38,000, the likelihood we come back to 41.95 is on the table. Do I believe this is going to happen on the weekend? Not with the close that we got with traditional markets. I personally, if you were to ask me what's going to happen, I think we're going to sideways channel here, uh, as I've said before. It looks like we want to move to the side. It looks like they want us to get bored of the crypto market. They want to get their positions in at this point. And so the institutions are going to control the price as much as they can. Uh, and it's clear they're not willing to sell at these prices based on the six hour descending sell volume. Uh, but it's also quite clear that they are certainly manipulating price here uh, with this type of volume, right? It's institution against institution right now. So, uh, with that being said, thank you all for tuning into the Sniper's channel. Eric says, I was in at 60K, now worth 30K. You know, um, it, it's it's interesting because uh, over the last few years, and I'm going to wrap the video up with this, 